Hello and welcome to this week's edition of SBC This Week, a roundup of news and views from around the Southern Baptist Convention. SBC This Week is hosted by Amy Whitfield and Jonathan Howe. Hey Jonathan, how's it going this week? It's going well. Been doing a lot of video shooting this week with Dr. Rainer, so got some video shots this week and uh, did a lot of recording with him and have been just busy cranking out new content for people over at uh, TomRainer.com. Got some exciting things coming up in the, the spring and the, the late fall. I guess the winter, you could say, as well. Uh, so yes. we've just been working on stuff for the future. So it's, it's exciting times around LifeWay. We've got a lot of things going on. We've got some product launches coming this week and later this month. And even, you know, we've always got things going on. But this is a really busy time of the year at LifeWay with uh, a bunch of product launches. And uh, it's been an exciting week, but a busy week, though. Well, fun. It's been an exciting week around here. Flag football practice, swim practice, all kinds of stuff. And and the seminary is still going on strong, I'm sure. Still hanging in, but it's uh the the craziness has probably been in in the uh, world at home lately. Pa- grandparents visiting, all kinds of fun stuff. All right, before we get to the news, though, I do need to thank you, Amy. I know uh, if the listeners listened last week, they knew that I was in North Carolina. I didn't even get a chance to go to the seminary campus. Uh, it's kind of weird being in Raleigh, uh, but not being at the seminary campus. But you tipped me off to Old Salem when I was in Winston-Salem last week. And I had, I, a, had a little bit of extra time before I went back to uh, Raleigh for my flight back home. Check that out. Yes. What a fantastic place that is. I highly recommend Old Salem for anybody out there yes. in the, the North Carolina area. Uh, it just was a phenomenal little piece of Americana from the past. Yes, it's it's a lot of fun. And they do have a they have an inn. We've stayed there in a, a restaurant, um, kind of one of old tavern, you know, old style. It's uh, for those who like to go to Colonial Williamsburg, it's kind of a smaller version of that, but just right in the middle of a downtown area. And uh, a lot of interesting church history as well, the Moravian church yeah. uh, that's there. And I, that. I, I told you, did you go to the, the cemetery, which yeah. is I know it sounds strange to recommend that, but there's some uniqueness to that one. Yeah, cemeteries are always good to visit and leave, um, but <laughs> yes, yeah, but uh, a really, really neat cemetery. Uh, great, just town. It's like stuck in the 1850s. Uh, you know the yes. the whole period piece there, and I, that's right up my alley. So I really, really dug that. So it was kind of cool. Yes. And just one more side question before we get into the news. Yeah. Did you get any of the cookies? I did. Did you get more? I got ginger cookies? snaps. I got sugar cookies that I brought back for the Amy's at the office. And I got some lemon uh, Moravian cookies as well. well. They are phenomenal. Well done. I, I would recommend that to all listeners because you can find Moravian cookies in certain places and stores. There are obviously more of them around here, but I have seen them other spots. And they are a big favorite in our house. We rationed them out. I also got a oatmeal cream pie like the size of my face, too, while I was there. So that was nice. Fantastic. All right. All right so let's jump in. All right. Well, before we jump in this week, I wanted to remind you about our sponsor and uh, thank them once again. Designed to Lead, the new book by Eric Geiger and Kevin Peck. In Designed to Lead, authors Eric Geiger and Kevin Peck explain how churches that consistently produce leaders have a strong conviction to develop leaders, a healthy culture for leadership development, and helpful constructs to systematically and intentionally build leaders. All three are essential for leaders to be formed through the ministry of a local church. To pick up your copy and get your free resources related to the book, visit designedtolead.com. Amy, I think you actually got a copy of that book now. I did. One made it to my office. I, I'm on a list uh, at, at Lifeway some somewhere that I get some books uh, on occasion and I really, really enjoy that. And so um, when you didn't bring the book, 
with you to town and you were supposed to to mail it back lo and behold like the next day or monday i can't remember it was the next day a package comes in a package comes in and there it is yeah so i took care of you you just didn't know it i didn't either yes thanks <laughs> i was gonna say i don't think you know it you seemed rather surprised <laughs> yeah i was quite surprised and and thrilled because i it left me off the hook because i had really royally messed up on that but the bottom line is I have a copy, yes. so I'm very excited to be reading uh, that. Yes. You have a copy, and so does Jonathan Thompson. He won last week's giveaway of Design to Lead. Once again, first person that tweets us at SBC this week will get a copy of Design to Lead. So listen uh, to this. Tweet us. Let us know that you want the copy of Design to Lead, and we will get that out to you as well. Jim Bob won last week. Jonathan, this week. And uh, you could be the winner of today's copy that we're giving away of Design to Lead from Eric Geiger and Kevin Peck. Fantastic. All right, let's jump into this news and notes from around the Southern Baptist Convention. We're going to start off with a big story, positive story for pastors in the SBC. The 2016 study of pastors' salaries and benefits came out this week from Life Air Research, showed an increase in pastoral salary and compensation. Yeah, so this is um, the... 2016 is the SBC Church Compensation Study. So it's a kind of a big project. It involves state conventions, Guidestone, uh, and Lifeway. They collect data anonymously um, from ministers and just staff of uh, Southern Baptist churches. And so it, it put out there that the compensation for full-time church staff members has actually exceeded the cost of living increase over the past two years, but health insurance coverage is continuing to decline, which instinctively, that's not a huge surprise to me because there seems to be, you know, issues with health insurance coverage everywhere across the board. That's not just going to be in the ministry. That That's not a huge surprise. Yes, and speaking of the, the health care thing, we're starting to see more dual income families than ever before. So the possibility yes. of getting church insurance through the church versus insurance through your spouse's employer, those are always changing options. And the, the more spouses that are working, the more options and more possibilities of having it through the spouse. Uh, I know like for me and Beth, if depending on which one of us wants uh, right. to, to cover it, you know, whichever coverage is better, that's where we go. Uh, right now it's through Beth's through the church. So that would be through the Guidestone stuff, but you know, not Lifeway. You and Keith don't really have that choice. You pretty much have to use not Southeastern. Not really. It's kind of all, yeah. yeah it's, 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 it's Southeastern all... or Southeastern. Yes. Yes. Um, I still remember, this reminds me. So when I worked at Southern Seminary, I planned to work. Mary uh, was due to be born like at the end of January. So I had planned to work into the beginning of January, because uh, at that point, you know, your coverage continues through the end of the month. And Keith was working for Lifeway at the time. He started working for Lifeway that summer um, in retail, in the retail division. And he put me and Mary, uh, we were due to start on his at, at a certain time. And we ended up rolling on that that January as well. So for one month, the month that she was born, we had double coverage. And the hospital paid us. Wow. We just started having How did like that all, happen? We, had, we had been on this payment plan because it was based on one. And then they told us, well, if you have anything else, turn it in. So Keith just handed over the card while I was in labor, handed over his card. And then we got home and just checks just started rolling in. So I highly recommend that for any people. <laughs> Only once in my life did that ever happen. Oh, wow. 
Yeah, that's that's fascinating. I, I didn't know that was even possible, but there I, you go. We didn't either, but we just took it. So <laughs> took it and just moved on. Bank error in yep. your favor, I guess. Uh, well, but not, the, we, it was double coverage. Yes. But it was just double coverage for one month. Yeah. So that's the best option. All righty. Well, moving over uh, in this, the compensation we mentioned that is up three point four percent for full time senior Southern Baptist pastors over the past two years. Four point three percent up for full-time staff ministers, and 2% up for full-time office personnel. The consumer price index for the same two-year period only increased 1.1%, so we're making gains on the CPI uh, over the past couple of years, which is good news for pastors. Uh, Regardless of what people think, pastors are typically underpaid for their education level, experience level as well. Uh, We we tend to think that pastors sometimes are overpaid and lead this opulent lifestyle. I think, Amy, as a former pastor's wife, you can attest that is not the case. No, it is not the case. Although we did have a um, a, a church that took very good care of us, and yes. even beyond the income, just making sure that we had what we needed, they were they were wonderful about that. It isn't an opulent lifestyle, um, and so I know sometimes there can be all sorts of confusion and thoughts about that. This study, I think, I think it's really interesting to see, and the we, we'll give a link to the Baptist Press article that uh, you you all actually released to Baptist Press. Uh, there's some good quotes from Scott McConnell in there explaining things, some charts that really help understand, uh, and then even start thinking through that the issue of benefits declining. Yes. So all the information there, an, another great study, and something we see every year from LifeWay is this uh, compensation study. You can find out more at LifeWay.com slash compensation survey or at guidestone.org slash compensation planning. You can get all the resources and information about this there. All right, a couple of sports stories this week, Amy. Yes. First of all, over in North Carolina, where you are, the NCAA attorney and the ACC have pulled their uh, championships and tournament games from North Carolina over House Bill 2. Right, so uh, the NCAA tournament, that news hit Tuesday. We've got a, a Baptist Press story we're going to link to, and uh, they've pulled seven championship athletic events from this academic year. So most of the time we think of you know things like basketball, that's in there, but also uh, soccer, tennis, lacrosse, baseball, golf, some, you know, those, those things. They haven't said where it would be played but obviously this is getting a lot of local coverage in the newspaper and and on the news and then today uh which we're recording this on wednesday this week a little bit earlier than normal but uh, it was announced that the atlantic coast conference has pulled all their uh, neutral site tournament spots out of the state as well so this is really one of those things we we're just watching. I, there's not a lot of analysis to go into right now because it's kind of happening in real time. Uh, there's a lot of back and forth between um, sides on this. A lot of concern uh, on the part of everyone. Um, the the legislature and the governor's office very involved. It, it's kind of hard to see where it's going to go. Yeah, and we'll wait and see. That probably won't be the last things we see being pulled from North Carolina yeah. as a result of this. This seems to just kind of be the the modus operandi uh, for the sports leagues. And uh, kind of a cool story coming out of Florida uh, this past week, a story about church services being hosted at NFL tailgating events before the Jacksonville Jaguars game. The game day church uh, starting its second season down in Jacksonville. I said last year that more than 200 people gathered 
uh, for a service outside of the stadium before the Indianapolis Colts and Jacksonville Jaguars game on December 13th. And they're kind of kicking that off again this year. They're even going to take it on the road to London when the Jags play the Colts this year in October. So they've got a logo, they got a sign, they got everything going on. This is really, really cool. That's really neat. So this is this is coming out of a church there, First Baptist Church of Orange Park. Uh, so it's an outreach uh, effort to really... Uh, the, the lead pastor there, David Tarkington, says in this story, um, his desire is to take the gospel to a place where people are already gathering. So they, uh, they, they set up there where everyone has, has gathered. They're you know hanging out, tailgating, waiting to get in. And they have a sort of a ready audience. I, I think this is a really, really neat and uh, exciting story. And what a great thing for, uh, for that church, uh, for Orange Park, to kind of build around and, and get excited about. Yeah, and you see this with the the teams. I mean, they host chapel services either on Saturday nights or early Sunday mornings as well. Uh, and now it's just kind of extending to the tailgating area, so uh, people can you know have the service in the morning, tailgate, have the game, and everything. And you're also able to maybe reach people that wouldn't normally you know wind up in a church, especially on a Sunday morning with a football game. So kind of a neat experience. And they even talked about expanding it. Uh, he said that in the story, it talks about uh, possible expansion to Miami and Tampa. Uh, with the help of the Florida Baptist Convention. So uh, who knows? We may be able to see this more often uh, across the NFL. Yes, and um, I see that there's a a Christmas Eve game where the Jaguars are hosting the Tennessee Titans, and uh, there's another church called The Point that is uh, getting involved in this as well, and they're going to be leading the service there. So any Tennesseans uh, that might be down there uh, should check that out as well yeah so if you're headed down if, if for christmas you get jacksonville jaguar versus tennessee titans tickets uh once you stop crying over that gift maybe you can check out game day church while you're down there i'm sorry if that's your christmas gift though that's a that's a pretty raunchy christmas gift i think the people who uh who enjoy it it's good for them i would i wouldn't mind tickets to that london game though i will say that so yeah. that'll be kind of cool they've partnered with a church in london harrow baptist for that one so uh just really really cool uh, ideas there to to reach people that that you know may not otherwise go to church on a Sunday morning. Amy, some big news out of Southeastern this past week, uh, partnering with the Passion for Christ movement in an effort to increase diversity at the seminary. Uh, tell us about that. Yeah, so the Passion for Christ movement, it's a ministry that's out there. They use uh, several forms of media, poetry, blogs, uh, podcasts. They have a lot of um, YouTube videos, things like that, to uh, really to just get the gospel out. And Southeastern, uh, particularly through our uh, Kingdom University office uh, or through our Kingdom University initiative, has really connected with them over the years. We've been sponsors at some of their conferences and meetings. I've been at some of the the concerts. They have have some spoken word events. And uh, so we've already had a presence there, but this is a bit more of a formalized uh, partnership. We We'll have, uh, they're going to share some of our resources and, and uh, share some of the things that Southeastern is doing, hopefully share with the people they come in contact with who are uh, interested in theological education. Uh, and then we'll, we'll have some of their resources as well. Uh, and then they're actually coming to campus with um, the Poets in Autumn tour, and that's kind of connected with the Passion for Christ movement. So it's very exciting. Walter Strickland and his team uh, have done a lot in, uh, in developing this, and uh, this was a fun thing to release. Yeah, so kind of cool. I, I've never been to one of these. It'd be kind of neat 
I might have to check one out if they get over to our area. All right, then moving over, uh, another story and from a site that I honestly, Amy, had not heard of. I'm not involved in Kentucky politics and Kentucky news, but uh, Kentucky Today uh, yes. announced a, a story this past week. The Kentucky Baptists are set, have set records in their mission giving in 2016. They gave more than $22.3 million through the cooperative program uh, and an additional $8.9 million through three special offerings for a combined total of around $31.2 million in giving this past year. Uh, just an absolutely amazing amount of money and uh, generosity from the Kentucky Baptists. That's just crazy. It's a, just a continuation of what we're seeing uh, kind of across the nation in this, uh, that we are seeing in giving increasing and uh, that's good. I, I really, really want to see that continue. Yeah, and so congratulations to Paul Chitwood and the Kentucky Baptist uh, for this financial windfall up there. Uh, actual giving, $22.3 million. Their budgeted giving was twenty one point two five. That means an extra $494,898 will go on to the Southern Baptist Convention. And uh, so that's just more money for missions, more money for seminaries, more money for the continued spread of the gospel throughout the world, thanks to the generosity of the Kentucky Baptist. All right, we want to remind you and thank again our sponsor, Design to Lead, for all the information on how you can develop and lead teams in your church. Uh, visit designtolead.com, and that's going to bring us to my favorite part of the week this week in SBC history. Amy, blow our minds. All right, this week we're just going to talk about something that's kind of a, um, I guess just the beginning of a real era in 1988 uh, on September 12th. On a 23 uh, to 2 secret ballot vote, the directors of the Christian Life Commission elected Richard Land of Dallas as their new executive director treasurer. Um, He was 41 years old at the time. He had been uh, vice president of academic affairs at Criswell College, and he came along the the eight-member search committee chose him unanimously to uh, present him to uh, to the the rest of the group and he he passed through 23 to two uh, so there's a story here I've got a Baptist press article uh, in the days after this it kind of showed up uh, you know Jim Smith who is now at the um, the National Religious Broadcasters Association he had come on as the very first Washington DC staff member uh, that was in, you know, a a couple of days later in Baptist Press. So it was kind of a big transition time. Of course, that's now the Christian Life Commission is what we now know as the Ethics and Religious Liberty Commission, the ERLC. Dr. Land served for over 20 years, uh, did uh, some really tremendous things, really did a lot to develop that agency over the years, had a tremendous amount of influence. He continues to. He's the president of Southern Evangelical Seminary in here in North Carolina in the Charlotte area. So, but I, as I was popping through, I saw it and I thought, wow, that's, that, that's very interesting. Tremendous amount of influence uh, that he had on uh, the Southern Baptist Convention, on the evangelical landscape, and really on on the country yeah. uh, at, at large, and it all started this week in SBC history. Wow, that's kind of cool. I, I didn't realize that it happened this week, and kind of kind of neat to see that. And Dr. Land, um, I was looking through here to see, you know, what the resume looked like. He, had, I didn't realize he had studied at Princeton and Oxford. Uh, and then oh I, yeah, I remembered. I remembered the Oxford thing. It, it took me a minute to uh, 
to remember yeah. that. But uh, yeah, so, uh, you know, Princeton, New Orleans Baptist Theological Seminary, Oxford University. So uh, quite the pedigree he had whenever he got there and uh, served the Southern Baptist Convention well for over 20 years. So, Yes. Amy, I know it didn't make the cut this week, but do you know what also happened six years ago this week? What? Kevin Ezell was named the president of NAM six years ago this week. I did actually see that. I saw that on Twitter. It looked like he had... Yes, it looked like he had a cake, and um, so I know that that was a really big few weeks yeah. in SBC history. So yeah, congratulations to Kevin as well on his six years at NAM. so that was uh, kind of neat to see that this week. So that's going to bring us to Resources of the Week. Amy, your Resource of the Week is? My Resource of the Week is the new IMB website. It's fancy. Uh, inter- yes, International Mission Board has launched the all-new imb.org. And I have barely even started uh, to play around on this thing, but I am looking forward to it. All right. Well, that, this is really neat, man. That's the first time I've took it, taken it for a spin. It just launched today whenever we are recording this, so I just haven't had a chance to, to take it for a spin yet. There's a lot yeah. of information on this. Lots of bells and whistles, yeah. little, great content, really good stuff. Very, very well done. So congratulations to the guys over at IMB getting this launched. My resource of the week, also a website. Amy, I think you know about this one the new website for the college at Southeastern. You guys launched a new website last week too. We did. This It, it was a really busy, crazy time, and um, I could barely even remember my own name once uh, once we got to the, to the day to launch it. Uh, but very, very exciting, and we're excited for the college students to kind of have a, a, a place that is uh, for their experience here. Yeah, and so that's at collegeatsoutheastern.com. Yes. So just spell it all out. It's right there. A uh, really cool little website there as well. So a couple of new websites for you to check out this week, the new imb.org and collegeatsoutheastern.com. So, Amy, that's going to do it for this week's episode, but big week next week in Southern Baptist life. Yes, it is time for the executive committee meeting again. Yes, so executive committee meeting on Monday and Tuesday. I'll be there uh, probably live blogging some of it as best I can at sbcthisweek.com. So check us out at sbcthisweek.com and on Twitter at SBC This Week. We'll be putting out as much information as I can and uh, as they allow me to, I guess, because uh, yes. some of those meetings that I go to, I can't really tweet out the information that I am privy to because of the media rules. Got to play by yes. the rules when I go across the street. That uh, is they, correct. They frown on it if you don't. So I haven't. I don't think I've broken well, any rules yet, as, but as I don't want to start. Yes, and as one who works in a communications office, I would frown on it as well. Yes, I'm sure you would. And, and as one who works for an entity president, I don't want those emails and those That's those right. phone calls. So uh, we'll put out as much information as possible. I know everything in the plenary sessions are wide open, so uh, we'll be able to put out some of that information, I know, and give you all that. So make sure you follow us. Monday night is the plenary uh, for the first plenary session starting at 7 p.m. Central. Then Tuesday morning, I think around 9 o'clock, 10 o'clock, there's another plenary session uh, that goes past lunchtime, somewhere in that range. Uh, but always interesting. Got some big news, I know, coming uh, from the executive committee on a few items of note and some yes. trustee information, some uh, some possible uh, representation information. So we'll just have to see what comes out of that meeting. Also, Amy, I saw the totals for the Lifeway gift to NAM and IMB uh, that we do every year. We collect, I think you know about this, uh, yes. listeners may not, but we collect money uh, offerings at the camps that we run in the summer. So all the student right. camps that we have, uh, Student Life, Fuge, uh, Power Plant, World Changers, all those, 
and there's a formula on where that money goes, and some of it goes to NAM, some of it goes to IMB. It's, it all goes to missions, uh, and uh, the, the breakdown is however it is, but record giving this year from our students at our camps, just amazing. So I can't wait to report on those totals next week. That IMB number is a, is outstanding. Oh, uh, that's so, exciting. That's uh, exciting. Kids this really, be a, really following through on that. So that's cool. That's that's very exciting. Um, this will also be a big time because, you know, for the last few years, it's Dr. Floyd has been sort of the, the president there at those meetings, and it will be different this year. Uh, so Steve Gaines' first time to be at the executive committee at a meeting as SBC president. Yeah, and I haven't looked closely at the agenda. I'm guessing he'll be addressing... Uh, the executive committee as president of the SBC. So have to check that out. And we'll be tweeting as much as we can, like you said, at SBC this week on Twitter. So uh, be sure to follow us there and follow along as we report from the fall meeting of the Southern Baptist Executive Committee next week here in Nashville, Tennessee. All right, that's going to do it for this week's episode. Thanks again for joining us on SBC this week. We'll see you next week. See you next week. <laughs>